Hey, this is Mike Zwick from If Not For God podcast. Our show, Stories of Hopelessness Turned Into Hope. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to dedicate this song to... Princess Fiona and Prince Shrek. Where have all the good men gone and where are all the good Late at night I toss and I turn and I dream of what I need. Hit it! <laughs> Christian Carguy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. And wants Bible style <laughs> today on the Christian Car Guys show. Yes, needs and wants Bible style. Like Fiona, you know we need a hero. <laughs> and oh God, how I need you, poor and needy. I mean, they kind of go together. But doesn't that sound a bit weak? I don't know. We're going to be talking a lot about that today. In the last segment of the show today, we have the next episode of A Plymouth Progress. And today, a little spoiler alert, Valiant seems so needy to get this luggage off his back that he actually leaves his family. What? That's pretty, pretty needy. So needs and wants Bible style today, well, selling cars for over 40 years, I dealt with this question all the time. I mean, if you can imagine, I'm always sitting there with customers trying to figure out what do they really need, what do they really want. I actually deal with that quite a bit in the Jesus Labor Love as well every week now. But back then, it was always dealing with needs and wants, and I never forgot one. It was Halloween night we were selling cars. I wanted to be with my family. I probably should have been in hindsight, but I wasn't. Because my kids were little back then, treat or tr- trick or treating, and I was with this young couple. They were pregnant. She was pregnant. He was excited about this oncoming family, and of all things, they wanted to buy. This was like 1979, folks. <laughs> you just gotta, you know, go along with me. They wanted to buy a Pontiac Firebird, a- and I'm like, huh, like. Guys, you don't understand. You know, those Firebirds back in those days had great big long doors. And there's no back seat. And this baby's obviously coming. And you're going to be putting this car car seat back in and out of this Firebird. I said, this is just, you know, this isn't something 
I know you want it, but I'm not so sure you need it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and they looked at me, and I never, ever, ever will forget what they said to me. It's one of those things that you just, you know, gets in your soul and like, oh, wow, look what they said to me. They said, Robbie, we love you, and we really want to buy a car from you. But if you don't sell us this Firebird, we'll go somewhere and buy it from somebody else. Because I was pretty adamant that I didn't think they needed a Firebird. So I've never, ever forgotten that sometimes, you know, we take control of what we want versus what we need. And when I was thinking about it this morning on this topic, you know, when did that happen to me? And obviously, you're, you know I'm going there, that when did this happen to you? When did you want something so horribly bad however <laughs> god knew you didn't need it and you know how did that play out in your life well here's how it played out in mine so i spent my life in the automobile business 40 years i wanted to be a car dealer my father was a car dealer and i thought i really did think i wanted to be a car dealer and i got to be a car dealer for about 10 years i owned the chrysler store in moxville north carolina and due to a a theft by my office manager, I really thought that I wanted to save this dealership somehow. We had to come up with over a million dollars. This was in 2007, right before all the world was coming to an end as far as the car business was concerned. So I wasn't the only Chrysler dealer in trouble, but I was in double trouble because we were missing all this money that had gotten stolen. And I was going all over the place raising it. And, of course, you can imagine the prayers that went up all along these lines. But fascinatingly, right a year before this event took place, almost to the month, God put it on my heart to start doing the Christian Car Guy show. And so if you look and you find the first episode of the Christian Car Guy show, it was in 2006. And, and God had actually started me on what I really wanted <laughs> before I had a clue. Okay, but then, oh my goodness, the pain that we went through in losing the dealership. I, I can't even begin to explain what that was like when you lose not only what you worked for, you thought all your whole life, you lose your house, your cars, and all the money that you had, and, and then your family was is in all these different struggles. It was all a result of the, all this. But interestingly, I was at the funeral this week of one of the young men that worked with me for years and years and years by the name of Alan Coley. What a dear soul. What a wonderful young man. And, 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 I, and I think about how much fun I had working with him. However, as I was talking to people there at the funeral, and they were like, Robbie, how come you didn't get back in the car business after what happened? I said, God knew that it was destroying my heart. I had to sell. I, I had nightmares for years afterwards. I got to sell one more car. I got to sell one. I, I would wake up in a, in a sweat, literally. I've got to sell one more car. I've got to do this. And, and God knew that I was in trapped in this situation that is what I thought I wanted. <laughs> so he, he had to extract me the very painful way. Of, you know, sometimes you have an extraction. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of what I went through. However, you know, I got to start a career in broadcasting right after that because, literally, this is a true story. I still can't believe it. As long as I live, I'll never forget. The day that I was going to put the key in the door, and I'd gone to see my lawyer, and he had said, 
Robbie, you've got to lock the door because if you went to clear bankruptcy, it's going to cost you $2 million and you don't have the money. And so you need to go close that thing down and get everybody whole that you can make whole in, in whatever. And so I'm headed to the dealership to go lock it down and I have the key and I've I've already set it up so there were no employees that there that day. And as I pull up to the store to to lock it up for the last time, who is leaning up against the door? True story, Stu Epperson Jr., the owner of Truth Broadcasting. And he is leaning up against the door. And before I say a word to him, like, I'm fixed to lock the door and I'm not going to be here anymore. And I'm so sorry, Stu. He says to me, Robbie, do you know where I could find a sales manager? <laughs> And I was like, well, yeah, I, I, I know that. I, I, I actually do. I know a guy. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Stu. That's a great story. And oh, was it what I needed. Not at all what I wanted. But let me tell you, God has some amazing stuff along these lines in the Bible that we're going to get to here in the next segment of the show, but I what I'm really dying to hear, and we only have three segments to hear it, two segments to hear it, because you know, Pilgrim's Progress is coming to the last. So you gotta make your calls fast. Don't wait till the last segment. Tell us when God had that in your life. What did that feel like when he extracted what you thought you wanted and put it allowed for what you actually needed? 866 348 7884 866 Three for truth. 866-348-7884. Of course, man, I would love to hear those stories. That you know, you're testifying. A lot of people are probably going through a lot of these kind of things right now because the same kind of time where things are being shook up, they need to hear your story. How they think that they're going through something that they desperately need, but it turns out that they're gonna find out that that's a want. 866-348-7884. So this week, actually, the way I got there, this is so funny. I caught some big fish. <laughs> I live off a lake, and I went and went. The night it was raining, I caught some really big fish. I really had fun, and the next morning, I was like, God, where do you want me to look? He said, well, what's on your mind? I said, fish. Well, let's go look at fish in the Bible. And so if you go look for the first place they, fa- they say fish, which I would have thought was back when he you know, made them in in, in – when he made the seas and all that stuff. But no, it's later when he starts talking about man in Genesis one twenty six, And it's the same passage. And he knew, he kind of knew that he would get me here because it said something that really had me struck. He said, let us make man in our image. And I don't know if you remember this part, but after our likeness. And you're going to find this has everything to do with being needy. And then I thought, what? God is needy? Could God possibly be needy? Oh, we're going to find out all those things if you stay tuned. But more than that, call us, 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. So much more. Stay tuned. When I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay.
Wants, Bible style, today on the Christian Car Guys Show. When was it in your life that you thought you wanted something, but it turned out <laughs> God knew what you needed? And we would love to hear that story. 866 348 7884 is a number to call in and share. Well, as I was telling you, I. I I caught some big fish this week, and God was going to show me something in Genesis 126, because I looked up fish, and, you know, he actually doesn't use the word fish until he gives man, he makes man, and he, and he, and he gives him dominion over the fish. But before he says he's going to give dominion over the fish, he says, let him make us in his image, in our image, actually, is what he said. And then he said, after our likeness, and I'd forgotten I mean, we always hear that we we're made in God's image, but have you ever just tracked down what that meant, that you're made in his likeness? Well, before we go there, I got to give you a little bit of a, 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 some insight on the Hebrew alphabet, which I think is just beautiful and lovely, and I, I know I cherish it. I hope you will. That similar to our alphabet, their alphabet <laughs> is, starts with an aleph. It's, 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 it's like their A and then their bet. We've talked about many times on this show, actually, is like house. It's B-E-T. But then instead of having an A-B-C, they have a G, which is a gimel. And this gimel, if you were to see it, it kind of looks like a foot, and it kind of means like to travel, but it also means to give. Then comes the letter that we're really going to spend some time on today, which is called a dalit, D-A-L-T. And you may note that it's the D like Dilmore or David. <laughs> and it means poor and needy. It also means door. And the Hebrew alphabet, unlike English, that every letter is a picture of something. And it was very much designed to look like a picture. So this Dalit looks like a poor person that's bent over, or it looks like a door, depending on how you want to look at it. And so when I went to look up in his image after his likeness, I, I saw that in his image was a very masculine, it's, first of all, it is a masculine noun in Hebrew, but it also has very masculine looking letters because it's a zadic and it's a heart and it, and it was just beautiful. And I was like, that's cool. But when I looked at likeness, the very first letter was this dalit. And see the gimel that we talked about this foot, it chases after the dalit to give it alms is what they teach. The, the, the sages in, in, in Judaism teach that the gimel, the third letter in the Hebrew alphabet, chases after the dalit to give it, but it's at the back door of the, of the <laughs> dalit because it doesn't want to humiliate the dalit by giving it money. In fact, what they teach is that back in the days of Solomon's temple, there was a room that had a, a, you know, a big vase in it or a big you know, jar where the rich would put in their money. But then the poor would come and take out the money, and the rich would never know who gave the money, and the poor would never know, be humiliated by having to take the money. I thought, how cool would that be? And I thought, well, wait a minute. It's kind of like the Jesus labor love, right? All of y'all donate the money all the time, and then I'm able to help single moms, widows, and families in crisis and they don't know, have any idea where it came from. And so guess what I get to tell them every time? Because they'll say, thank you, thank you. And I said, oh, it did not come from me. I can assure you it did not come from me. It came from God. Right? God is good. It's, it's, it, this is where it comes from. And this is the, the way that, that Jesus is saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. You know, that, that, that same 
idea, that same concept. So when I looked at this word that was in his likeness and I saw this dollar that started it, I was like, what? God is needy? His likeness is being needy? And so this morning I was really, really studying that and looking into it and I was <laughs> looking at other words inside the word. I, I do all sorts of things like that. And then I realized that if you take the dollar out of that word likeness, the word is death. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this may be a dead end here, Beth. <laughs> but you know, when I thought about it, you know who isn't needy? A dead person. I am telling you. Right. And if you don't need God, you're going to be dead. I mean, oh my goodness. And I just sat there and looked at it. I was like, what? <laughs> this doll is kind of critical to this idea of being needy. Like, oh, wow. And, and, and I've got a whole bunch of other cool stuff along those lines. But first off, I got Trey in Walkertown. I am dying to hear his story. So, Trey, you're on the Christian Car Guys show. Good morning. Hey, Robbie. How you doing? I am triple excited to hear your story. Yeah, my, well, I... Uh... He's talking about the wants and the needs, and uh, I didn't want my car to break down another week, but it did. Um, but you know what? I needed the car to break down. Um, I've got four cars. One is a project truck that me and Jerome, a friend of mine, he has passed, were started on back in Asheboro years ago. And because of the car breakdown thing, it has put me in repair mode, so... I have decided just to go ahead and just fix everything that's not working and get everything going. So um, I've actually started back on the project truck, me and him did, and it's bringing back some good memories. And even at some points working on the truck, the Holy Spirit comes in. It's almost like his spirit is around the truck because uh, I got the engine hoist. Uh, I bought one of those the other week, and uh, you know I put it together, and we had a bunch of history behind the engine hoist. And uh uh, it was like the Holy Spirit came in as soon as I put it together, and chills started coming all over my body. And wow. I was like, "Good, no, that was kind of like giving me like the drone spirit was around me." And um, you know, it was really enjoyable. So, uh, uh, like I said, I didn't need the situation to happen, or didn't want the situation to happen, but in essence, I kind of needed it. And you know, yesterday I was working on the motor. I'm getting ready to rebuild it, and. Uh, I'm putting a V8 in it, and one of the exhaust bolts uh, or the uh, intake manifold uh, bolts broke off in my head when I was trying to get it loose. And then instead of getting mad, I just realized that, you know, that's just another opportunity. I'm going to get to talk to somebody as I take it to the uh, Oh, yeah, uh, you always do that. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. I hate we got to go to a break, Trey, but we do. Uh, we can follow up with your story we got so much more christian car guys you're listening to the truth network and truthnetwork.com when i can i stand i'll fall on you jesus you're my hope and stay
Needs and Wants Bible Style. We are so excited that you're joining us today with this, and we hope you'll share your story of when you thought you had a need and it turned out perhaps to be a want, and God showed you what you really did need. 866-348-7884. We only have this last segment to share it, so you got to call us. 866-348-7884. And again, it's fascinating to me that when he said, when God said, let us make man in our image, which we talked about as a masculine noun. And then he said, after our likeness, which is a feminine noun, which is a dolid preceding the word death. <laughs> and so for God, you have this picture of somebody that needs something. Well, how could we serve God if he wasn't needy. And so it's it's fascinating how needy we really are as I've thought about that this morning. Like how many times, I, like I need every breath, I need all my food, I need, I, every second I need stuff. And, and, and wow, he's there to meet all these things. Well, we left Trey right when he was had the broken off head bolts, you know, we, we can't leave him there. <laughs> so Trey, welcome back to the Christian Car Guy Show. So you weren't angry. You were just like, this could be an opportunity to share Jesus with the parts guy when you go to get these bolts. Yes, sir. Absolutely. You know, it's just another opportunity. You know, and I look at stuff there for, you know, and and before I, I didn't see things in that way. Before I would get angry and, you know, just fuss and all that. And now, you know, I don't look at things the same way because there's just so much spiritual stuff going on with, you know, kind of just getting these things redone and just kind of doing that. And I feel like it's the Lord's will just to, you know, fix what you got instead of try to get more and more and more. Just, you know, enjoy what you have. You know, Paul says in all things, be content. You know, just to be content with what you got, you know. And, you know, I know that we're in a crazy time and, you know, this time and stuff like that. And the news media is more propaganda than anything else. And, you know, it's just allowed me to sit back and just, you know, just enjoy working on the cars and, yeah. You know, go through the memories and stuff. And, it's good for you your know, heart. You know, just not worry about the other stuff. To see but, stuff get yeah. fixed, you know? It makes it right. It's a little, it gives you that sense yeah. of, wow, this is how it was supposed to be. It's, it's making stuff right. It's really fun. Exactly. Thank you, Trey. God bless. I appreciate you calling into that. Yes, sir. I enjoy you, Robbie. Appreciate y'all. Thank see you. See you, man. Bye-bye. Yeah. All right. Well, we have Eugene, as says, in the Philippines. So that should be interesting. Good morning, Eugene, or is it morning in the Philippines? It is, I am 12 hours ahead of you. It is evening. Well, I am so excited you're listening. I don't know how, but that's wonderful. Uh, with, with his radio app on my cell phone. Oh, wonderful. That is wonderful. So, Eugene, you have a story for us? You betcha. Uh, 14 years ago, oh, I'm not a youngster. I'm going on 69, but... <laughs> Fourteen years ago, a friend of mine one day, his wife, said to me, uh, you know, if you're willing, I know God would use you in the Philippines. To which I told her, you must be crazy or something. <laughs> I've got a good business going here. And uh, I don't like hot tropical climates, plus I don't even know where it is. Wrong thing to say. The Lord started working on my heart. <laughs> I started checking it out. And I got to the point one day, and I said, okay, Lord, I'll tell you what. The Word says obedience is better than sacrifice. 
I'm going to make you a deal, Lord. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm willing to go, you see, but before I do, I'm going to take everything I own, and I'm going to put it in storage. So if things don't work out, I have something to come back to. Oh, wrong thing again. <laughs> Lord spoke to me again. Oh, really? So tell me, who do you trust in, me or your things? Oh, Lord, don't say that. Do you know how scary that is? Anyhow, to make a short story a little longer, um, that's what I did. I took everything I owned, gave it to people I knew that could leave it. I bought a ticket, and the rest is history. I've been here 13 and a half years now, and we worked with 382 street children. And and it seems like, you know, I, I sometimes think that you know, I thought I went somewhere like that to minister to them, but they end up ministering to you, <laughs> right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. As a matter of fact, uh, just a little more than eight years ago, at 5 a.m. one morning, a Filipino friend called me. He said, look, I know how you and your wife love children, and uh, my wife just helped deliver a baby. The mother said she has too many children. Can you find someone? What do you think? I said, what do you mean, what do I think? What time do we meet? And uh, we adopted her. She just <laughs> turned eight years old last week. Wow. And we neighbor uh, two good biblical names, Sarah, Hannah. And people used to tell us, oh, she's so lucky she has you. I said, oh, no, you've got it all wrong. <laughs> we are the ones that are blessed by her. And you talk about a prayer warrior. When we pray together, he wants to be the first one to lead, and she'll go for an hour. Wow, what a story, Eugene. I can't tell you, I really can't, you know, what a blessing your call has been for me today. And I can so relate, because God knows our <laughs> our actual needs. Oh, it's a beautiful story. Thank you, my friend. Yeah. God bless. Keep nah, listening to I his radio. Ahead. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, oh, I certainly do. Every evening uh, when I get ready to go to sleep, I turn on his radio on my cell phone, turn it down a little low. You bet I'm good to go for the night. <laughs> That's wonderful. God bless. You have a great day or evening, Eugene. <laughs> right. Yes, we will. And like I say, just I hope people would be encouraged. Never, never, never give up. What's the word say? When you've done all that you know how to do, you stand, you stand, and you stand. Beautiful. Yes. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. All right. All right. Bye. So, as you might guess, as I prepared for the show, I thought, well, I better look up need and want in Hebrew and see kind of what the difference is. And I found another treasure. It's like, oh, wow, God, do you have me on such fun stuff? And so you can imagine that I always thought that wants would be really complicated and and needs would be real simple. Well, you're going to find the opposite of that. If you look in Deuteronomy 15, you have a beautiful passage where actually they're talking about giving to the poor, and it says you're to meet their needs by understanding their wants. And so you have both words in the same actual sentence, beautiful. And fascinatingly, the word want is inside of the word need. In other words, those letters that make it up are the same letters inside the word need. 
But the beauty of it is, and I don't, you know, if you don't get anything else from this show today, on the front end of the word need, if you just took the word want and you put a mem, which means Messiah, which means Jesus, okay? That letter is, is, you can say Jesus, you can say Messiah. So if you put Jesus in front of your wants, <laughs> guess what? It makes it a neat. Well, there's another little letter in there, which is called a vav, which I like to call Jacob's ladder, because it's meant to look like that, because it's bringing down the energy from God. And it's right before another letter that means kind of the head. And so it's really, what it's saying is letting Jesus be the head of your want will make it a need. What? I, I, you know, I wish I'd known that when I was selling cars. Like, if I take my want and I put Jesus over the top of it and I connect it to what his headship, then he can turn that. It, in other words, that, that want is a desire that God put in our heart. We just don't know really how that is expressed, like my friend just called from the Philippines, right? He, he had a lot of wants in life. But he needed to step out in faith, put Jesus in front, and, and away it, the way that it works. And, and I was just like, look at this treasure. Look at this treasure. Since i got just another few moments before we're going to have Plymouth Progress, which I'm really looking forward to this episode today. Really, really fun. But there's another little nugget I got this week. that, And I knew this already, that, that David's name, King David, was Dalid Vav Dalid, which would mean needy, poor person connected, that same Jacob's Ladder, to needy, poor person. Well, no wonder. He, you know, no wonder he was a man after God's own heart. Because God's heart is needy. Guess what? So was David's. I mean, it was a letter that kind of just expresses that. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs will be the kingdom of heaven. Stay tuned. You got Plogum Plymouth progress coming up. So much fun. Thank you for listening today. You're listening to the Truth Network and TruthNetwork.com. And now time for Christian Car Guy Theater. With today's episode of Plymouth Progress, Episode 2. The Plymouth Progress is purposefully and completely based on John Bunyan's classic, The Pilgrim's Progress. Today's Episode 2 is at ChristianCarGuy.com, both as a podcast so you can easily catch up with the series, but also you can find and follow along with the original book. For today's episode, and most importantly, the scripture references that go along with today's episode help greatly in the interpretation of the Plymouth progress. So Jimmy saw in his dream that Valiant the Plymouth began to drive towards the light. And on his way, Valiant passed right by his own home, but his wife Voyager and his children Cricket and Sundance saw him coming and drove after him. Valiant Plymouth, just where do you think you're going? You're not leaving us, are you? Valiant, we have been over and over and over and over this. I mean, honey, you can't really think that we are just going to drop everything and follow you on this crazy escape from nothing road trip. As I told all of you, my dearest family, we must escape this, this city of destruction. I have received instructions from a good Edsel named Evangelist to head us towards yonder light. 
He said that it will leadest us to a narrow turnpike, whereupon we shouldest knock. It's our only chance. Only chance? Dad, have you lost your mind? The City of Destruction is where I go to school, where all of my friends are. Ever since you started reading from that book, you think this god of yours is doing something that clearly he ain't. And your speech and your accent make it really evident that you have this back-in-the-day mindset of yours. Hello, Dad, this is 2020. Your god ain't destroyed a city in what, 2,000 years? Yeah, Dad, you know my dance recital is only a week away. This is no time for a road trip. Think about us. We don't believe all that mumbo-jumbo god stuff. Dad, I need you. Don't you know I need a dad? Don't leave me. Valiant! Don't you love us? I mean, how could you just up and leave with all these crazy god notions? These crazy notions of luggage and destruction. I mean, you don't really expect me to pull the kids out of school and all their activities, do you? Do you? Jimmy saw in his dream that Plymouth Valiant just closed his windows as not to hear and drove on, crying, Life! Life! So Valiant looked not behind him, but fled towards the middle of the plain. The neighbors also came out to see him drive by, and as he came, some mocked, others threatened, and some cried after him to return. Among those that did so, there were two that resolved to fetch him back by force. The name of the one was Old Oldsmobile Obstinate, and the name of the other was Prius Pliable. Now by this time, Valiant had got a good distance from them. However, they were resolved to pursue him, which they did, and in a little while they overtook him. Neighbors, wherefore are ye come? What? Wherefore are ye come? Huh, what kind of talk is that? I heard you'd blown a gasket, Valiant, but dude, this is old Olds and Ply here. We're your buds. You got too much junk in your trunk. By the way, these heavy cases you're carrying are just not suited for you. I mean, you are carrying, brother. Let's head on back where you can chillax. You know what I'm saying. That can by no means be. You dwell in the city of destruction, the place also where I was born. I see it to be so, and dying there, sooner or later, you will sink lower than the grave into a place that burns with fire and brimstone and no small car crusher. Be content, good neighbors, and go along with me. What? And leave our shalomies and our snugglies behind us? Val, oh buddy, have you visited the outbreak monkey or something? Are you really bugging out here? Yes, because all which you shall forsake is not worthy to be compared with a little of that which I am seeking to enjoy. <laughs> and if you will go along with me and hold the truth, you shall fare as I myself. For there, where I go, is enough and to spare for the two of you. Come away, neighbors, and prove my words. Come away. Dude, you're like a cardboard tube samurai, heading off gnome bottling, thinking you're going to live tales of Saphonia since you leave all the world to find all that? I seek an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that fadeth not away and it is laid up in heaven, and safe there to be bestowed at the time appointed on them that diligently seek it. Come, read it so, if you will, in my book. Ah, Bisky, away with your book. It's a convolution constitution, dude. Are you going back with us or not? No, not I. 
because I have laid my hitch to the plow. Come on, Pry. Let's hoist up the John B. sail and go home. This dude is like a grand theft impairment. There's a company of these self-righteous sedans that when they join Club Penguin are wiser in their own headlamps than seven autos that can render a reason. Well, well just hold on there one gosh darn minute. Obstinate old, I, I don't know who's worse. You with your ultra-modern Gen X speak or, or Valiant with the with the woes and the whereby's but if what Valiant says is true there is a whole lot better headed his way than going back to destruction dudes dudes I'm afeard your wheel is turning but the hamster is dead I ain't asking no more get back get back get back to where you once belong you recognize that nay but do thou come with thy neighbor pliable huh there are such things to be had which I spoke of, and many more glories besides. If you believe me not, read here this book, and for the truth of what is expressed therein, behold, all is confirmed by the blood of him that made it. Well, old olds, I intend to go along with Valiant Plymouth. That's right, you heard it from me first. Leave it at that, and, I, and I'm gonna cast in my lot with him. That's right. <clears throat> but, uh... Valiant, you do, you do know the way to this amazing place that you're, you're speaking about, right? Yes, Pliable. I am directed by the good Edsel Evangelist, who will speed us to the narrow turnpike that is before us, where we shall receive instructions about the way. Well then, come on, good neighbor. Let us be going. Then both Pliable and Valiant headed off together. And I'll just go back to the city of Carbecue, <laughs> whilst you dudes enjoy the spin cycle. Tune in soon for the next exciting episode of Plymouth's Progress. Now, here's Danny Dipstick and Randy Radiator to review today's episode. <laughs> Randy, I don't think old Oldsmobile obstinate and his Gen X speak knows a barbecue from a holocaust. That takes more of a fire distinguisher. <laughs> yeah, Danny. And if Ob Obstinate doesn't wake up, he may end up like a human cannonball that was late for work. And he was totally fired. See, the cannonball gets fired there. Oh, Danny. But, but seriously, I, I cringe over what Valiant's wife and kids value more than their father's faith and love. The choice he made to head for the light at first seemed selfish, yet, yet it was the only chance... Valiant had to obey God and what he read in his Bible. <laughs> Randy, Jesus said in Matthew 10, 37, that anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who loves their son or their daughter more than me is not worthy of me. But when we're truly faced with that truth, it requires a supernatural faith and Valiant had it. But I can't help but wonder what happens to his family, Randy. You would know, being a radiator, that the water pump is part of your family, and you kind of seem close. You're all pumpkin, right? Aren't you? I mean, if one of you took off, would you be out of your gourd? Right, Randy? Oh, my gourd, Danny. See, gourd. It's like a pumpkin. And, and Danny, don't make me squash you. See, squash is kind of like a pumpkin, but it's not. Oh, boy. I, you know, Danny, I am with you. I do wonder what happens to Voyager and Sundance and Cricket, though I believe if we keep following, we will find out. You know, Danny, let's give them pumpkin 
to talk about. <laughs> Let's give them pumpkin to talk about. <laughs> oh, boy, Daddy. Say goodbye, Daddy. <laughs> See you later, Radiator. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com.